Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back again with all of our listeners today to have the opportunity once again to open up God's Word, study a little bit deeper, look a little bit more closely, a little bit more uh, distantly through the Scriptures, and try to get more knowledge of what God's Word really conveys to us, what it communicates, what God has told us through His Word. You know, the Word of God is so important, so important. When you think about... So many people, while they may have a number of Bibles somewhere in their home, so many people rarely, if ever, actually open one up and read from it, at least very much. But the Apostle Paul, when he was talking to the elders of the church at Ephesus, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, said this, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Well, there's no question that Paul is emphasizing the importance of God's word to lead us and guide us to salvation and eternal life with God in heaven. And when the Apostle Paul wrote to Second, wrote his second letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. He reminded Timothy that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. You see, God did not just give us a bunch of writing on a bunch of pieces of paper. Well, originally it was written on scrolls. But he gave us his word to guide us to salvation and ultimately to heaven so that we can be with him for all of eternity. God's word, the scriptures, communicate to us God's will for our lives. And so it's important that we get into God's word in a diligent fashion, in a sincere fashion, and also on a consistent basis. We need to know what God wants us to do with our lives. We need to know how God has made the way for us to be with him for all of eternity in heaven. Here in Search the Scriptures, we try to do exactly that. We try to get into God's Word and help everybody understand what God wants from us, what He expects from us, to understand His guidance for our lives, and really to live the best life that any human being can live on this earth. At the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us. And so have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. Jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. And when we say free, we mean free. We'll even take care of the postage. Ask for that study. We'll send it to you through the postal mail. And then you can begin studying through God's word in a very basic way to understand about salvation, to understand about God and Christ, to understand about the church, to understand about eternal life and how to live the Christian life as God has instructed us to live in his word. Now again, the study is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also request a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. And in just a little bit, we'll tell you how to contact us. We encourage you to share these programs with your friends, with your neighbors. Tell them Tell them about Search the Scriptures. Encourage them to tune in and to listen themselves. Now, you can also encourage them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. 
churchofchrist.com. And they can scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and then about 60 seconds, they can sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. The website is free. We're not here to get your money. We want to help you get to heaven. When they enroll in our podcasting, they will automatically receive these radio programs on their device, whichever one they choose, and it will all be free. Plus, they'll receive all of our sermons and Bible classes and a daily Bible class, a short study that we call Today's Bible Class, about 12 minutes each day, getting us into God's Word and keeping us connected with our Heavenly Father. So encourage everybody you can to take advantage of that opportunity. We began to look at a new section of our stu- in our study on grace this la- in our last program. And what a great study it is to really get into trying to understand as fully as we can what the scriptures teach us about God's grace. Now, we talked about a pilot flying through a dense fog, and he's coming to the airport, the landing strip. He knows that area. He's landed his plane there numerous times in the past, but he can't see. He can't see the lights. He can't see the airport. He can't see the landing strip. And so he, as he's coming closer and he's in communication with a control tower, suddenly he remembers there is a huge tower out there somewhere, not too far from the landing strip itself. And so suddenly, in kind of an anxious moment, he yells... To the, he yells to the control tower to watch out. Don't you know, keep him away from that tower. And the control tower responds back to him in a very calm fashion and says, you obey instructions. We will take care of obstructions. In other words, the control tower, in a very calm way, calmed the pilot down and simply told him, you follow our instructions. We'll take care of that tower you're concerned about. We'll take care of any obstacles in the way. Well, that's basically the mindset that we need to have in in regard to our relationship with God. You see, the grace of God unto our salvation is much the same way. We cannot get ourselves to heaven by ourselves and in and of ourselves. Only God can securely bring us in to our eternal home, and that is heaven itself. God is the one working the control tower. So if we will simply pay attention to his instructions communicated to us in his word, then he'll take care of the obstructions, the difficulties, the problems, even those temptations that the devil might throw at us through life. He'll take care of the obstructions. You know, when it comes to temptations, now we can't stop the devil from tempting us. It's like I've said many times, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop that bird from making a nest in your hair. So the devil's going to try to hit us with temptations. He knows where we're weakest, but God has made the way for us to be able to face all of those temptations with his help, with his strength, and by his grace, and be victorious over them. Be victorious over the devil. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 assures us of this. 
it, it tells us that no temptation has overtaken us except such as is common to man. And then in the middle of that verse, it says, God is faithful. What a great statement. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. So, again, if we will pay attention to God's instructions communicated to us in his word, the scriptures, he'll take care of the obstructions. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read in our last program, as we were getting into this new section on grace, we read how the Apostle Paul wrote the congregation at Corinth, and of course this applies to Christians of all ages, those who are true Christians who have come to God God's way. He said, moreover, brethren, beginning with verse 1, chapter 15, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you are saved. If, big word there, if, it's a conditional word. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And then Paul goes into kind of a short list of hundreds of people who had seen Christ after he rose from that tomb, after he rose from the dead, from the grave. Now, what does Paul say there? I declare to you the gospel. I made the point last time that a whole lot of people who claim to be Christians, they don't know what you're talking about when you say the gospel. Explain to me the gospel. Uh, start stammering and stuttering. And what does it mean to obey the gospel? Well, I, it, see, if you're not sure what the gospel is, then how in the world could you possibly obey the gospel? But Paul told those Christians in Corinth there, and again, the lesson is for us, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you. I preach to you the gospel the gospel of Christ, obviously, which you also received. You received the gospel, the message that I preached to you. It's the message of salvation. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the gospel embodies the power of God. That message holds the power of God to salvation. In other words, it guides us to salvation. It is a message of salvation. And then Paul says, which you also received, in which you stand, by which you also you are saved. So we're saved by the gospel. Now we need to know what the gospel message is if we want to be saved through our reception of and proper response to the gospel. Now, remember that big word there. The next word is if. If you hold fast that word which I preach to you. So it's not just an initial belief and acceptance and response, but it is an ongoing lifestyle. We must live by the gospel of Christ. Now, as we closed, 
last time I made the point that we need to understand how it is that we're supposed to respond to the gospel. We're talking about ultimately obedience. You see, in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, Peter wrote this, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Now that would mean at the church, those who are true Christians. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? You see, obey the gospel of God. Now, I made the point that a whole lot of people who who will try to teach others about the grace of God, they'll say there's nothing we're supposed to do, nothing we can do. It's all God, no, no us. Now, when it comes to our salvation, it is all God, not us. We cannot save ourselves. God is the one who will save us, but that is contingent upon our responding to his offer of salvation by grace in the way he expects us to respond. And that's obedience. That's obedience. What did Peter say again? It's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? The Hebrews writer talked about the importance of obedience in connection with salvation. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, he used Christ himself as an example. He said, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And then the next verse says, and having been made perfect, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. You see, obedience is the key response, or at least a key response, in our coming to God for salvation by his grace. Now, he's the one who's going to save us, but if we don't come to him in obedience, then we cannot expect him to extend that salvation by grace to us. If Jesus had to go through the process of learning obedience, and I think that was just accommodative so that we would understand the importance of learning obedience, then certainly we need to take that lesson to heart. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Peter emphasized our need to be obedient to the gospel, but he was not the only one who did that. We look also at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 7 and 8. And here we get a little bit of a preview of the final day of judgment when the Lord is going to come again to call all mankind from all time to account, including those who will still be alive on the earth at, at that time. It talks about when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we have a responsibility in response to God's offer of salvation by grace 
through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what did the Apostle Paul say that gospel is? It's the message of salvation by which you were saved, he told the Corinthians. By which you were saved. Well, what is that gospel message? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul laid that out in those first few verses of 1 Corinthians, uh, of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. So the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, and then if, that big conditional word, word if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. You see, there are a whole lot of people who come to believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior, and that's what the death, the burial, and the resurrection is all about. He went to the cross and died as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, of the sins of all mankind for all time, including yours and mine. He was buried in that tomb demonstrating that he was truly dead. He died on that cross. When that spear was rammed into his side, blood and water came forth. That man, that Roman soldier who rammed that spear into his side, knew exactly how to make sure that a man was dead. And Jesus was already dead on that cross. That's why they didn't break his legs, because he was already dead. But just to make sure that Roman soldier plunged that spear into his side, then blood and water came forth. Now that Roman soldier was an expert in killing, an expert. So he died on that cross. He was buried in that tomb. And then he arose on the third day, alive, victorious over death and victorious over the devil. Now that's the gospel message the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he did all of that so that we could have the opportunity to be saved by God's grace. But we have to obey the gospel. That's what we've been reading in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. Judgment will come upon those who do not obey the gospel. Obedience is key to our salvation, as we read in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2 and verse 8, and he's talking about, again, what it's going to be like for those who are saved in contrast to those who are lost on that final day of judgment, what their eternal lot will be. And so he says to those, verse 8, Romans chapter 2 and verse 8. To those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish, on every soul who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. And then in Romans chapter 10 and verse 16, he writes further in this letter, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? They have not all obeyed the gospel. Now, over and over, we've seen the importance brought out in Scripture 
the absolute essential nature of this teaching that God expects us to obey the gospel. Well, how do we obey the gospel? We look at Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. And here Paul writes to the church at Rome. Now, these are Christians. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Oh, there's a whole lot of people out there who talk about the grace of God and how that's just there and it's abundant. And Well, it is abundant if we will come to God his way. And remember that big word, if, if we continue in the word, continue to be obedient to God's teachings back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Apparently there were some who had posed the theory or the, the idea that, well, you know, God's grace is so abundant, it's so great, it doesn't matter if we sin, his grace will just abound more and more. Paul responds, certainly not, in verse 2 of Romans chapter 6. King James Version makes it more emphatic. God forbid. And so then Paul goes on and says, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Now, you see, we must live the life of faithfulness to the gospel message, not just be initially obedient to it. Remember, Jesus said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. And then Paul goes on in verse 3 of Romans chapter 6. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now remember, what is the basic gospel message? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. When we're baptized into Christ, and notice that phrase, into Christ, Paul is telling us how we get into Christ. Those of us, as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Now, on a spiritual level, we are emulating, we are reflecting, we are taking part in his death on that cross as we're baptized into him. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Christ died on that cross. He was buried in that tomb. As we're baptized into Christ, we die to that old life of sin and its guilt. And we're buried as we are plunged beneath the waters. And that's the only baptism that is taught in the New Testament. There's no such thing as sprinkling baptism or pouring baptism or somebody dipping his finger in some water and rubbing baptism on our for rubbing the water on our head and calling that baptism. We're buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Oh, he also arose from that grave. We're buried in that grave of water in baptism, and we come up out of that water, risen, alive. Because when we went down into it, we were dead in our sins. And we're risen alive 
made new. In fact, the next verse says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death through baptism, that's what's being talked about in this context, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We obey the gospel as we're baptized into Christ, taking part on a spiritual level in his death and burial and resurrection as we're baptized into him. And that does away with any thought that we don't need to be obedient to the gospel of Christ, that we don't need to be baptized into Christ. We're going to come back and study a little further next time. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for giving us your instruction, your guidelines, your, your hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ as to how we can come to you through him and be forgiven and have the assurance of eternal life with you in heaven. Thank you, Father. Praise be to your name. And guide us to be obedient in the way you would have us to be. Thank you for your grace, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.